We are on Yivamos Hey Amid Beis 5b4 in the Art Scroll Gemara. The Gemara was just trying to find the source, if there is a source, for the idea of So far, we found the source that a positive mitzvah overrides your regular, normal, negative commandment from Kalayim Bitsitsis. From, from the source that says that you're allowed to put on tzitzis, even though it has shotness, it has wool and linen together, which is a negative commandment. And we prove from there, according to everybody, that the positive commandment of tzitzis overrides the negative commandment. The Gemara then went on to ask, is there a source for the concept that a positive mitzvah overrides a negative commandment that's a, that's a severe negative commandment, uh, one that has the punishment of kares, of an early death, or a death sentence by the court. How do we know that, is there a source for this idea that a positive commandment would override even such a severe negative commandment? So the Gemara gave three different suggestions, and that's what we discussed in last week's recording. And now the Gemara is going to give other suggestions, and the Gemara is continuing in on that discussion. Uh, they're gonna as we go through the different suggestions. There are some very interesting topics and uh, interesting comments that are that are given uh, with that relate to the discussion, which hopefully we'll get through. Uh, but just one introduction for the coming Gemara. Until now, the way we've been understanding it is that we found the source for the concept of esedochelos to say that a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment. The Torah tells us the positive commandment overrides the negative commandment. And then that is the source for the idea that a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment. Like Kalayim B'Tzitzis, like Shatnez, when you're allowed to put on Tzitzis, the Torah told us, through expounding upon two different verses, it, it teaches us that the Tzitzis that you wear um, could have Shatnez, could, could be made out of wool and linen. And that teaches us a general principle that the positive commandment overrides the negative commandment. What we're going to have now, it's going to be a little different. What we're going to have now is a case where the positive commandment does not override the severe negative commandment. We're going to have a case where it does not override the severe negative commandment. And the Gemara is going to say that the reason why the Torah told us that it does not override the negative commandment is because, uh, really in general, it does override the negative commandment and that this is really an exception to the rule. Meaning as follows, until now we've been understanding that the law is not the exception to the rule, but it is the rule. It, it, it's a rule which is a broader rule, that you're allowed to, a positive commandment override the negative commandment. Over here what we're going to have, it's, it's very different. It's that the case of the Torah, the law of the Torah, then becomes the exception to the rule, and from there we learn the actual rule, that, or potentially the rule that a positive commandment overrides such a severe uh, negative commandment. And the reason why we have this difference is because the next couple of suggestions, some of our commentators explain it like this, Tosos explains as follows, that when we have this law, as we're about to see the next law, that tells us that a positive commandment does not override such a severe, so that in that case does not override such a severe negative commandment, the Torah didn't have to teach that to us. I would have known it anyways. It would have been either logical or deduced from some other law, I would have already known that in that case, the positive commandment does not override such a severe negative commandment. 
If so, why did the why did the Torah tell it to us? So it must be that the Torah told it to us to teach us that this is really an exception. This is an exception to the rule, and that really in general we do apply the principle of a positive mitzvah overriding such a severe negative commandment. So that is the logic of the Gemara, as we're we're gonna see. So let's see the Gemara inside. The Gemara says El Itzrach. This is the following proof we have to prove the concept that a positive commandment overrides such a severe negative commandment. I can learn it out from the laws of honoring one's parents. Why? It says in a bright, What happens if your parents ask you to do something? There's a mitzvah to listen to your parents, to honor your parents, and that means listening to, if they ask you for something, then you have to do it. So let's say they ask you to do something which is a violation of Shabbos. There's a violation of a severe, severe commandment. Do you have to listen to them or do you not have to listen to them? So one might have thought, says the Brisa, that you would have to listen to them. Yep, that overrides the laws of Shabbos. Tama Lomar, no, the Torah teaches us, The two ideas are right next to each other in the Torah, that you should honor your parents and that you have to safeguard, you have to keep Shabbos. The end of the verse says, Ani Hashem, I am God. To say, I am God, you have to follow Shabbos over listening to your parents. If they tell you to do something which violates Shabbos. Everyone is obligated in my, meaning in God's, honor. And so therefore the Torah is telling us, by Ani Hashem, I am your God. It's teaching us that the positive commandment, in that case, the positive commandment of honoring your parents, does not override the very severe negative commandment of Shabbos. That the very severe ne- commandment of negative Shabbos, the very severe negative commandment of Shabbos overrides uh, the positive commandment in this case of honoring your parents. And the Gemara is then going to say that this is really an exception to the rule because this would have been obvious anyways. Even without this verse, I would have already known. It would have been obvious that you don't listen to your parents in such a case, that you would have to, you have to keep Shabbos. The fact that the Torah tells it to us is to tell us that this is an exception to the rule and the rule is really that a positive commandment in general does override such a severe negative commandment. So again, this would be an exception to the rule. This is an exception to the rule. And then the actual rule is the fact that the Torah tells it to us is to teach us that a positive commandment does override uh, such a severe negative commandment. Okay. So the Gemara says, what do we, so the Gemara wants to say, doesn't this prove to us that that a positive commandment in general overrides such a severe negative commandment. And this is just an exception to the rule. So the says, no. My love to Amr Shachali Bishali every time the Gazarachman has such says, isn't what's the case? Maybe if your parents ask you to cook or to slaughter, all these are are severe violations of Shabbos. It's a it's a prohibition which is deserving of Kharis. So the Gemara rejects this and says, Hello, turning the page now to Valman Aleph, to six A one of the Arsville. No, lav demachamer. We are not dealing with such a severe prohibition of Shabbos where the punishment is karis, such as cooking or slaughtering or any of the other violations of Shabbos which are so severe. We're dealing with a case here which is <coughs> involving your animal. There's a separate prohibition which is not as severe, which is just a negative, it is a negative commandment, but it doesn't have the punishment of karis, which is that you shouldn't uh, have your animals do work on Shabbos. Just like you have to rest on Shabbos, your animals also have to rest on Shabbos. And so, that's what it's referring to. That's what the Bryce is referring to. And that's what the Torah is teaching us. So it's not dealing with a case of such a severe negative commandment. And so therefore, we cannot learn anything about 
Uh, what would be the rule in a case of a positive commandment overriding such a severe negative commandment? Because we're dealing with your normal negative commandment. We're not dealing with such a severe negative commandment because we're not discussing the laws of what you would do on Shabbos, but it's about your animal. And that's just, that is a lower level. It's a normal negative commandment. So the more than says, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. If you're telling me that it's a regular negative commandment, so then this should prove to us that a positive mitzvah in general does not override a negative commandment. Because we pointed out that this case is the exception to the rule. If we're dealing with a normal negative commandment, so then this just totally undoes everything we've been thinking until now. We had a proof from Kalim Vitzitzis, from Shatnez with Tzitzis, that a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment. But over here, we have a case here to tell us that it should not override a negative commandment. Right? Because we say that if you're going to tell me that the positive commandment over here does not override the negative commandment of Shabbos, this should undo everything we've been thinking until now. We just have a case now where a positive commandment of honoring your, your parents does not override your normal negative commandment. It does not override your normal negative commandment. So if <laughs> either this is a case where it's a severe negative commandment, and then we have the proof that from here that it's a positive commandment which overrides a negative commandment, a severe negative commandment, and if this is just your regular negative commandment, so then we have proof just from the case alone that this is a case of a positive commandment which is not overriding your regular negative commandment, which is against uh, what we've been understanding until now. And so that is the that is the question of the Gemara. Before we get to the answer of the Gemara, let's just uh, make one point here, made by Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. We The Brisa itself, the source for this comes from the Brisa, which connects the two verses which are right next to each other. That it says, keep Shabbos and also to honor your parents. Right, that's what the Brisa is discussing. And then it says, Ani Hashem, I'm your God, that you have to keep Shabbos over listening to your parents. So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky points out and he says that there's also, there's another fundamental connection between the keeping of Shabbos and honoring your parents. He says that at first glance, it's a bit strange to honor your parents. Why do you have to honor your parents? If you think of it purely from an evolutionary perspective, uh, without God, so then every next generation is further away from uh, being connected to uh, more to, to the apes, to, to the monkeys, that every next generation is more technologically advanced, more scientifically advanced, and so why should we respect and honor the previous generation? They're outdated. They're old. So why should we respect the previous generation? And so he explains the reason why is because that's not our perspective. Our perspective is that the previous generation is that much closer to Harsinai, to receiving the Torah Mount Sinai, is that much closer to holiness, to understanding what God wants from us, and that we have, such as Shabbos, Shabbos says, which was given on Mount Sinai as one of the Ten Commandments on Har Sinai. And so, the reason why we have to honor our parents, one of the reasons why we have to honor our parents, is because they're that much closer to the Mesorah. To the, they're the chain in the, in the passing over of the laws of the Torah, of the messages of the Torah, and so that's why we honor them. And it's specifically because of the laws of Shabbos, because of the laws of the Torah, that we have to honor the previous generation. It's a very nice idea by Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. Anyways, getting back to our Gemara, so the Gemara is asking a question. Shouldn't we prove from here that a positive commandment does not override a negative commandment? Because we tell us, we say to keep Shabbos, observe Shabbos 
do not violate the negative commandment, even though it's in violation of the positive commandment to honor your parents. So the Gemara says, hold on, maybe it's not a proof uh, that a positive commandment loses to the negative commandment of Shabbos. Maybe Shabbos is different. Shabbos is different because the Chamiri, the negative commandment of Shabbos, is a stronger negative commandment than other negative commandments. Why? What does it mean that it's stronger? It, it's, uh, it's a higher level. Rashi says that it's compared to idol worship. To violate Shabbos is comparable to, to idol worship. So it's, it's a very severe negative commandment to violate Shabbos. So we can't say that just like over here, we follow the negative commandment over honoring your parents over a positive commandment, and therefore we can make a rule out of it. No, we can't make a rule out of it because violating Shabbos is a very uh, severe negative commandment. So that's what the Gemara wants to suggest. suggest. Maybe it's because Shabbos is very severe. Just in terms of one way of how it's how it's severe practically, we say that if a person doesn't, they don't keep one of the mitzvos, one of the many six hundred thirteen mitzvos, they don't observe one of the mitzvos. So we don't say that they are viewed as rebelling against God with regards to all the mitzvos. That they have the status as somebody who's rebellious with regards to all the mitzvos. They're just rebellious with regards to that one mitzvah that they that they don't observe. However, when it comes to two mitzvos, we do say that we say that if they don't observe that mitzvah, so then it's as if they are violating, they, they are rebelling against all the mitzvahs, and that's idol worship, Avodah Zarah, which is idol worship, and keeping Shabbos. So Shabbos is very severe. It's a very severe uh, commandment, It's uh, and that's what the Gemara wants to suggest here, that maybe it's so severe that we can't apply this rule across the board. But the Gemara is going to say, no, you cannot give that suggestion, because we have another, because there's another b'risa, which extends these rules of of not listening to your parents if there's a if there's if they're violating against the Torah, nothing to do with Shabbos. If they're just if the parents tell you to do something that it's a violation of the Torah, nothing to do with Shabbos, we say from this verse of Shabbos that you shouldn't listen to your parents. So you can't say that Shabbos is an exception to the rule because this this ends up being really a rule in general with regards to other laws of the Torah as well. The Tanya it says in Abraisa the Bryce says as follows. If your father tells you that if you're a Kohen, let's say a Kohen is not allowed to go into a cemetery, your father for whatever reason tells you to go into a cemetery, let's say you have to do something in the cemetery to help him out for something, whatever the case is, and uh, you're not allowed to go. You're a Kohen. You're not allowed to go. So you do not listen. The Bryson tells us from the laws, from this law of Shabbos, we, we extend this principle from Shabbos that just like you don't listen to your parents if they tell you to violate Shabbos, so too you don't listen to your parents if they tell you to go into a cemetery if you are a Kohen. You can't become impure. Or if they tell you not to return a lost object. There's a mitzvah to return a lost object. You found the lost object. There's a mitzvah to return the lost object. And your father or your mother, they tell you, do not return the lost object. You have to return the lost object. You do not listen and you fulfill the commandment. So we see that this is not a Shabbos idea. This is not really a Shabbos idea that this is an extra stringency of Shabbos, but this applies across the board. If this applies across the board, why can't we prove? We have our original question. Why can't we prove from here that a positive commandment overrides a negative commandment? Uh, sorry, it does not override a negative commandment against everything we've understood until now. So the Gemara answers... Uh, uh, a very interesting answer, and we'll, we'll close with this answer. Because you could ask the following, And I'm going to explain it the way Tosus understands it. Rashi has a very different understanding, but we'll explain it. It's a simpler understanding based on Tosus. Tosus says that 
all the cases that we've had until now, they're not really a positive mitzvah overriding a negative commandment. The mitzvah of honoring your parents overriding Shabbos or overriding um, or potentially overriding uh, going to a cemetery if you're a Kohen or returning a lost object. No, over here, you are not really fulfilling the positive mitzvah of honoring your parents. Because what are you doing here? Let's say for Shabbos, they tell you to cook. But the act of cooking is not honoring your parents until you actually give it to them. Because you have to give them the food. So at that very moment, the only time we apply the principle of a positive mitzvah, positive mitzvah overriding a negative commandment is when it's happening at the very exact same time, that you're fulfilling the positive mitzvah at the very same time that you are violating the negative commandment. But over here, it's not at the same time. Because at the time that you cook, you have not fulfilled honoring, honoring your parents until you give them the food, which happens later, after you finish cooking it. Or the same thing is true with regards to going to the cemetery. You're going to the cemetery for whatever reason. But you're bringing something back, or you're doing something. The parent does not is not honored until they get the the benefit out of it, or in terms of not returning a lost object, whatever it is, whatever reason they're asking you to to return a lost object or to not return the lost object, they don't get the benefit until later. So that's not really the positive mitzvah. The positive mitzvah doesn't happen until later, and so all you have is the violation of a negative commandment. At that point in time, you have the violation of Shabbos. You have the violation of going into a cemetery if you're a kohen. So if that's the case, we tell you for sure you have to refrain from violating. The negative commandment. This is something we call a hechsher mitzvah. This is not the mitzvah itself, but this is preparing for the mitzvah. You have to cook the food in order to prepare to honor your parents by giving them the food. If it's just a hechsher mitzvah, if it's just preparation for the mitzvah, that itself does not have the ability to override a negative commandment. It's only if it's an actual mitzvah, like tzitzis. Wearing tzitzis is an actual mitzvah. That overrides the laws of shotness. But over here... We're not dealing with the actual mitzvah, we're dealing with what we call a hechsher mitzvah, a, a preparation for the mitzvah, and therefore, a pre- it's true, a preparation for the mitzvah does not override a negative commandment, but this does not prove to us that a positive mitzvah does not override a negative commandment. Really, a positive mitzvah does override a negative commandment, that's the proof from tzitzis, uh, and our cases are a bit different because it's not really a case of a positive commandment because you're not honoring your parents until you actually give them the benefit. That's what the Gemara says, but this actually leads to a very fascinating discussion which is, when I have to honor my parents, what if they ask me to do something where they do not get benefit? It seems to be from our Gemara, at least the way we've understood the Gemara, that you only are honoring your parents once they actually get benefit. But what if they ask me to do something in which there is absolutely, they don't get any benefit from it? What's a good example of this? Let's say it's cold outside. They tell you, they tell a parent tells the child, put on a coat. Now, does the parent get any direct uh, actual benefit from it? besides the fact that the child listened to them. So there's no uh, direct benefit that the parent gets from it. You know, they want the child to put on a coat. But let's say, the, another example, uh, let's say a parent disapproves of uh, the person that I'm dating, that I want to marry. So does that give direct benefit to the parent? No, the mitzvah itself is to give direct benefit to the parent. To, if they want food, to feed them, to cook for them, to give them a, to give them a drink. Uh, to take care of them. That is the mitzvah of honoring your parents. But what happens if it's not, they don't get direct benefit from here? So that is a discussion. It seems from our Gemara, based on what the way we understood, we just explained the Gemara, that if they don't get benefit from it, it's not a mitzvah. And that is the opinion of, of many commentators. And that's what's quoted in the Shulchan Aruch. However, others have more nuanced approaches that maybe there is some sort of uh, prohibition there, or there's some sort of violation, if, even if they don't get benefit from it, um, and so there, there is a discussion with regards to that, uh, that, to- that interesting topic. Okay, we'll continue with the Gemara in the next recording.